Stephanie Richardson joins us. It's nice to have you, even under the circumstances. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a bit about Darren? Yeah, as any parent, right? We just think our children are pretty wonderful and special. And um, she was definitely a joy and funny and gregarious. And she lit up not just our home, but pretty much any room she was in. Some people just have that. And she definitely, she, she was she was that, that kid and that person. And we really saw it with her friends, with her teachers, with her, with her hockey team. It was a, uh, it's a gift when, when people possess that. And, and Darren had that. Did you have concerns or did this just come out of the blue? We're one of those people that did not. And um, it wasn't just us. It was her whole community of people. And, you know, I remember somebody uh, reaching out to me, a woman I, I knew a little bit, not not a close friend, but definitely someone in the community. And she was very upset. And um, her words still stick with me. And she said, Darren had so many eyes on her. She was so tapped in to people and so many different people. And that if this had happened to her, it could happen to anyone. That really resonated with me because that would be true. Like Darren had relationships with lots of different kids, lots of different backgrounds. We had moved a lot. She was involved in everything from her school play at middle school to sports, to guitar, to playing on the outdoor rink, to playing competitive hockey. She was really tapped into her family. We spent most of the summers in the country. She had a community of people up there and if none of us noticed, there's definitely, um, there was something obviously troubling Darren, but there's also something very wrong with with us um, collectively as a group of people that we weren't having those conversations. And, and that is just, was very unfortunate. And we're seeing today that those conversations are happening way more often. I still think there's a lot of stigma and shame and sometimes the inability to express how we're feeling and we definitely there's a there's a lack of resources and i'm not sure how we fix that but hopefully with days like today we generate more funds and we get more funds to where they need to be we continue to make an impact and change i'm curious as, as you're talking about what shape those conversations might take what do you recommend everybody has different opinions on it i think they need to be genuine and authentic. And I don't think you can tell people how to do that. I was speaking of um, different communities we're involved in. I'm, you know, we've lived over many different places in North America and conversations that um, I would perhaps have with a neighbor at the cottage in the summer would be a different conversation than I might have with somebody now living in downtown Chicago. You might have a different conversation with somebody at your church than you would have having a beer after work at the pub. So I think that has to be authentic for the person. And I think that has definitely changed as well, where people wanted to definitely shape that. This is what you say. This is what you do. I think it loses some of its authenticness when you do that. Like that's why we have different friendships in, in different places. And sure. Yeah. So I, I think it's being authentic and caring is being genuine is more important than sometimes saying the right thing. But I also have to imagine, I mean, Darren was 14 years old, so that's that's a challenge to a parent. That is a challenge, especially when, when you don't know. And I recently was reading that youth were polled asking 
about how they were doing and how they were feeling coming out of the pandemic. And then the parents were pulled and the youth expressed they weren't doing as well as when their parents were pulled, the parents thought they were in a better place than, than they were. And that is very alarming, right? Because it's same as teachers. Like we see people in a certain way and in a certain environment. And I think it's having the conversation. Are you okay? How are you feeling? What did that look like for you? How did you feel leaving that situation? Um, you know, trying to really tap into those emotions. And we did not know to do that. We did not have that conversation. People try and empathize with me and say that nobody knew, nobody was having those conversations. And, and I understand that comes from a good place and it's well-intended, but it does not help. I did not know to have the conversation, um, you know, and now even something when someone's in distress to say, are you safe? Are you feeling like you want to harm yourself? You know, some people will say, are you suicidal? You know, whatever that looks like that you can actually ask the question, are you safe? Are you alone? I don't want you to be alone. Could I come over? Could I be with you? Like ask people because it's hard. People are struggling. And I think when you start to lose hope and you don't see a way out of your pain and angst that your mind can do funny things and we need to be there. We need to be better for each other and we need to be present and available. Stephanie, thank you so much. You're very welcome.